Welcome back and happy new year to another episode of Chill with Phil, our first of 2021. Uh, today is January 7th, coming after a historically unchill day, but there are better places to address that than, than here. As always, joined by my trusty and bearded co-host, Mikey. Mikey, how are you? How are you? I'm good. Uh, protest until... Um... The podcast is over is still ongoing um i thought we kind of almost did it i was pretty amped about it i got you to take a couple weeks off because of the holidays and i thought maybe he'd forget no. i've been thwarted i am nothing if not spiteful i've been told so this thing's just gonna keep going until the wheels fully come off okay and, uh, yeah we're coming off a four-parter an epic uh with neil that I really enjoyed, and thankfully the editing held up. Uh, if you're listening, Neil, I've gotten two texts that just said, quote, who sells the Sonics? So I love to hear that uh, our episodes are resonating with people. Uh, and yeah, well, on to Mikey's favorite section of uh, the week, Phil's thoughts. Um, and they come from a, a podcast I listened to on Monday about Matai Teo who is someone I hadn't thought about in a while. And my main thought is still just what a crazy story. And I don't have much more besides sharing one detail that I didn't know that I'd then love to pose as a question to co-host Mikey. So I'm sure everyone knows Manti Teo, I got catfished, had a girlfriend that he never met. He spoke on the phone with her. It was not the person that she said she was and found out that this fake person died which became a big part of his narrative and he kind of oversold how much he knew about her. Anyway, on December 8th, Manti Teo won the Heisman Award and like dedicated it to this dead fake girlfriend. She had died in September, died, quote. On December 6th, two days before he got the Heisman, he got a call from the fake girlfriend saying she wasn't dead. And he just like ignored that and still dedicated the Heisman to her which is a pretty wild thing to do, in my humble opinion. And so, yeah, on to my favorite section of the week, Mikey's thoughts on Phil's thoughts. But also, Mikey, what would you do if before you received a prestigious award, your girlfriend called you to tell you she wasn't, in fact, dead? Good question. It, it, so many levels, like, A, don't have a girlfriend, so that'd be wild. <laughs> B, it's someone who I thought was dead and they came back to life. Wild. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I guess if I had to do anything, I'd probably dedicate the award to her thinking that she's still dead. Yep. So you do exactly. I do exactly what he did. Wow. All right. Well, apparently yeah. there's a Netflix show coming out about it. So I'm sure we'll all be talking about it for a week in the future. We talked a lot about Netflix in part four, which if you haven't checked it out with Neil, and I know most of you haven't, go for it. Um, but yeah, well, Phil's thoughts actually connect a little bit to this week's guest because it's a pretty special episode. Our first female on Chill with Phil. Mikey, how do you feel about that? I, I've been pushing for this for a long time. You and our potential sponsors, so hopefully they'll finally pull through with the check, James. Um, and we're really excited. It wasn't for a lack of trying, but the way it relates to our friend Manti, 
hopefully that's how you pronounce it, um, is it is my girlfriend, Alexandra, who is, who is real. I thought you were going to say she was dead and I was going to be like, what? <laughs> Found out two days ago she's not dead. No. Um, but due to COVID, uh, previously she had only met co-host Mikey and sound guy Dan on a about five second uh, house party chat and now on Zoom. But I think the video part of it does make it easier to prove she's real. So maybe if Manti had been around now with like video chatting proliferating. Deep fakes exist. That's true. Yeah, well, Manti was always fucked. Um, oh, shoot, man. Neil and me. Oh, my God. You also said his last name, which is wild. Neil? Manti. Oh, yeah. Uh, public figures, I thought we said. I, I've never, I've never agreed to that. Anyway, I just want to address it now because I'm not going to edit anything. I'm on a very squeaky chair. It's not me. Grow up, Sound Guy Dan. All right. <laughs> Sound Guy Dan is here, by the way. We're pretty stoked to have him back. Uh, anyway, without too much further ado, because I know this is a long intro, but I think a fun one. Uh, really very excited to have uh, Alexandra join us. Thanks. Yeah, happy to be here. I am also real and not dead today or two days ago. Uh, yes, I'm excited to be here. It's all I don't good know when I, Yeah, when I make a commentary on Bill's thoughts, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I loved the relationship back to a potentially dead or fake girlfriend, but. Would you do what Manti did and what Mikey would have done or how do you think you would have handled it? I don't know. I probably would have just omitted it right not omitted. omitted it like not even dedicated it to this I, dead girlfriend who i know is along like she's alive I, everyone thinks to figure this out right like the hilaria baldwin thing we all figured out she's like actually from boston no. not from spain like it all sort of comes out in the wash at some point i don't know if i would attend myself to it mikey i'm sorry it's another last name alexandra we talked about this before the show you just, literally just said public figures were okay. <laughs> and Mikey overruled me. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> also, okay. I never, I never, I never quite gave my score on your thoughts. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the most important part. Yeah. Um, solid thoughts. I, I'm, I'm happy with these thoughts. And Neil, Neil thinks I always give it between a zero and a one. Incorrect. I'm gonna give this about uh, seven point five. All right, we'll take it. And thank you, Neil. Um, I think Sound Guy Dan did a bit that might not come through, but it made me smile. As Alexandra came on, he played, uh, hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your boyfriend or girlfriend, which, well played. Who song was that again? Uh, Avril Lavigne. No. Avril Lavigne. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Um, well, cool. Uh, let's dive on in. Um, as always, we kick it off with uh, a light question to get the ball rolling. Alexandra, uh, in your life up to this point, what would you say your proudest moment is? Yeah, that is a great intro light question. Um, and a longtime listener and longtime fan, uh, but first time guest, so thank you for having me here. I, yes, have thought about how I would answer this question for a while. And today I realized I had not put enough thought into it. Um, but I would certainly say <laughs> that I think it would come back to getting into business school. I think for me, 
I thought it would be an awesome opportunity to open myself up to a lot of new experiences. And I was certainly right. It was an opportunity to move to New York, which was fantastic, and to meet a bunch of wonderful new people, our wonderful host and pop included. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mikey, for setting me up for that. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about saying when Phil finally asked me out for a drink as being my proudest moment. Um, but I thought, you know, the business school was a, a wider umbrella and certainly that fits into it. That would have been a pretty transparent lie. Um, but a chill with Phil first, a pre-thought out answer. Interesting. I like it. Well, she's our second guest to have ever listened to it before being on it that's true two so. in a row. <laughs> yeah that's we're, true we're five in a row i don't know how you want to think about it <laughs> and i All appreciate right. neil's enthusiasm i thought he did a really good job of saying how honored he was and so let me yeah. also say how honored i am thank you all for having me nice stop it <laughs> um alex see to the listeners, me and Al we're so close that I actually call her Alex, not Alexandra, like pop calls her, which is, I've always, it's clear that I'm way closer. But Alex, uh, how does it feel to be the first female guest on CWP history? Another great question. I, I'm pretty curious as to why I'm the first. I know that you and Poppy have done your research and tried to ask other women to come onto the show beforehand. So I guess I'm curious as to what I am missing out on, what they know that I do not know, that uh, they think this may not be an appropriate space to come on. Um, but yes, no, I mean, I feel, I feel honored. I do. Um, I, I will do. say that Phil has told me that um, for months now. Oh, you'll be on the next show with Phil, don't worry. We can't wait to have you on CWP. We can't wait to have you on CWP. And then every week gets more excited about a new guest and a new guest. And so I finally asked like, you know, what what's happening? And he's like, I know you're in, you're in the back pocket. Like when we don't have anyone else, like that's when I call me. So I mean, again, like I said earlier, super, super honored to be here. I really hope I'm not disappointing the CWP fans by saying I'm the end of the line. <laughs> You're not. Well, we have more guests, Mikey. I don't know what she's talking about. I will say, I want to strike one thing for the, from the record, and that's I've never asked a guest to be on this. Oh, uh, I see. Okay. Because okay. I, would, I would never, ever put somebody in this situation. <laughs> and, then sure. two, and then two is I actually had an idea, but Robbins blew it. Who? Who blew it? I guess, uh, sorry, sound guy, sound guy Dan blew it. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what that was. <laughs> sound guy Dan blew it. He, uh, he always has mystery guests where Phil and I don't know the guest. And I told him he should ask you because that would be funny if you were one of his surprise guests. And then he, for some reason said, Oh, pop's pop's so sensitive, and pop would never go for it. And oh, blah blah blah. He's always saying how you're sensitive, man, and how you're it's a snowflake. Say that about. Me. Um, yeah, uh, that's fair, uh, Mikey. Regarding what Alexandra said about like what other women know who uh, have refused to come on, I realize they all know Sound Guy Dan and his history, which Alexandra doesn't. So that explains her. That explains a lot. Yeah. 
Well, like, like you said, I mean, we're super close. And so I just, yeah, you. I'm here exactly. in protest as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. But it's kind of clear I'm his girlfriend, so I have to come on at some point. So, yeah, That's all I, I hear you. But I appreciate the protest situation and everything you've ever done for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, let's summarize how it feels to be the first female guest in CWT history as good. Good. <laughs> Borrow the words from the confirmed vice president elect Kamala Harris. She said that I am the first. Oh, no, sorry. Poppy's giving me. Uh, yeah. Just... I know this is non politics. She said it about you? No. <laughs> I just want to reiterate again for all our listeners and guests and co hosts and sound guys this is a non political podcast. We have one official stance count the votes, which we did. All right. Which we did. And. Okay. There might still be more out there. That's true. And if you never know, are, we'll count them. Okay. I know they're looking for them in my neighborhood right now. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of sweet pivot, um, on to question three. Your neighborhood is uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, our listeners are dying to know how has being from Atlanta impacted or influenced uh, you most in your life? Yes. Um, I think being from the South is a pretty unique situation. I mean, I think that we are very much about Southern hospitality and being very kind to one another. And I think even Poppy and a few visits has noticed everyone is much more friendly than you may find in other parts of the country. And yeah, I would say that good about Southern hospitality is really true. And I think for me personally, it's just meant that I you know, try and make sure that everyone feels welcome at all time. And I think that that's something that means a lot to me, making sure that no one ever feels uncomfortable and whether they're a guest or there's someone in a meeting and they're a part of a group, I think it's an inclusive place. Poppy's giving me an eyebrow, but I would just like to say that I think it's a misunderstood part about what Southern hospitality means. I think it's a really very warm and very friendly place. And I have an opportunity to live on the West Coast, and I lived in New York, and I lived in England, and I think it's a real different feel that you get here, that you get other places, and so I think as far as like how does it impact me, I think it's inspired me to bring that to everywhere else that I go. And and I know to many people's dismay, mainly poppies, um, an appreciation for country music. So yeah, I think that has uniquely impacted me <laughs> being true. from Atlanta. I don't get it either. Thought I was going. Um, to uh, real quick before our next question, um, piggybacking off that wonderful uh, statement about Atlanta, which I agree with everything. I think sound guy Dan had a, a related question. Oh, I get to ask it. Yeah, special sound guy Dan question. We're trying something new. We gotta goose the rating. This is this is just this is just to prove to your brother that he's actually here. That's okay, true. okay. <clears throat> so this was a big week. Georgia and and wait let me just quickly say as Phil always says this is a completely non-political podcast Dan go ask your question um, with Georgia turning the Senate blue I gotta ask you as a Georgian are you ashamed of yourself No, if it wasn't for the limitations on political talk, I probably would have said one of the proudest things is 
watching Georgia these past couple of months. I'm born and raised in Atlanta. I haven't lived here for some time, but it's been incredible to see the change that's happening. Um, I grew up in Atlanta and in the city, which has always been an incredibly interesting and diverse place. And I think that Georgia has uh, definitely changed over the some odd years that I've lived here. And so, yeah, I think I've been very, very proud to say that I'm a Georgian the past couple of weeks and watching, I really hope this isn't too political, but watching how the integrity, I think, of some people taking their jobs. Is that bordering? I'm proud of the integrity of the people that represent my state. Let's put it that way. I'm proud of our representatives moving forward. I think we can allow that. Well, yeah. all right, Mikey, on to you. Thank you, sound guy, Dan, back on mute. Oh, he already is. God, that guy's a pro. Um, Alex, what's something you've learned about yourself during COVID? That I am way too optimistic. That hope springs eternal. I think I constantly lean towards the better predictions or I'm constantly hoping for a better outcome or I am constantly surprised by some of the negativity that I see coming out of our current situation. Um, and I think for the most part being overly positive is a good thing. I think occasionally it sets one up for disappointment like when you're really, really hoping to escape to some warmer weather or to travel again and to resume some parts of uh, normalcy, but yeah, overall, I don't think I realized that I'm wildly optimistic, sometimes to my detriment, but I think lending overall to an air of positivity. I think that uh, Phil's, F Phil could use some of that, <laughs> I as well as his family, for sure. And I think we're a nice balance. Oh. I think Poppy does a really good job of um, being very, I guess, gentle by tampering down my expectations. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> he's like, maybe we're not going, you know, on a trip. And I'm like, no, I think they'll be fine. He's like, well, let's, let's reassess in two months. <laughs> and then two months, it's, it's far, far worse. So it's been a, a really healthy balance, as I put it. I mean, right. like, it's just crazy, Mikey, and sound guy Dan, like, Alexandra will just text me in the middle of the night, like, they could find the 11,000 votes, right? Like, you got to believe. Yeah. Got to, like, be realistic. 10,000 maybe, but, like, yeah. That, that last thousand is always, it's always the toughest. I agree. Tricky bit. Okay. Uh, something I recently learned about uh, Alexandra after, like, a year together that I'm excited to explore a little more is we were watching uh, The Crown, which has come up on this podcast. Uh, we finished it last week, the fourth season. I didn't love the fourth season as much as some people seem to relative to the other seasons, but that's not. Um, something that became clear in the pilot alone, when I was, like, asking those annoying questions you just ask out loud when, like, you're watching a movie, like, oh, who's that? What are they doing? Not expecting the person you're with to, like, know every answer, but I'll <laughs> That's when I learned she's a big fan of just the concept of the royal family, um, which is cool. But I am most curious, and we discussed it a bunch, but not this part, is just how did that interest or fascination uh, start? You know, how do you say one day, like, I want to learn about these random people who are royalty, but like still just people? 
Yeah. I mean, I think it was a natural progression from just sort of a lifelong interest in England and being a bit of an Anglophile. I'm not entirely sure where that came from, but I do remember when I was like eight or nine years old telling my mom I wanted to be sent off to boarding school in England. And she was like, no, that's, that's not happening. And then I subscribed to some mailing list and for years we got information about <laughs> British boarding schools and like Surrey and the Cotswolds and she was like no we're, we're still not sending you um, <laughs> and then my senior year of high school I finally got my way and I got sent off to um, do a bit of a gap year in like northern England pretty close to the Scottish border and I think from there it was just sort of a natural curiosity about the culture and the place and the history class I was taking at the time was pretty interesting. It was split across two semesters. One was Southern civil rights, which I sort of had like unique perspective on. And then the other one was um, Queen Elizabeth I. And I think from there, it's just a sort of fascinating topic about this dynasty that's really lasted and, you know, how they've moved from era to era. And I mean, yes, I agree. They feel kind of anachronistic and like out of place today in some ways, but in other ways, they are like a really great representation of the culture. I mean, there's just so much drama and fascination and good fashion and everyone's having an affair. And yeah, I mean, it's obviously great drama, right? They've turned it into a television show. So yeah, I think it was a lifelong journey for me <laughs> to discover everything about the British royal family. I should have run it by you. Where do British politics fall into our policies? That's a good question. Um, we touched on Brexit lightly, but. Yeah. Listen, you're a Tory. <laughs> through and through. Total. <laughs> Such a Tory. Um, no, uh, uh, that's a great answer. Um, and yes, it is a heck of a TV show. Um, well, I do agree with you that the that the fourth season is not as good as the second or the third. You watch the show? Yeah. Oh. Did you find it depressing or like what was it? I don't think we're put off by Margaret Thatcher, which I will not give comment. Well, first of all, the voice was even if she talked like that, the voice. Thank you. That was I mean that was that was Steve in Space Force. That was that level. It's weird when I agree with co-host Mikey. I'm not sure I even like it, but I just agree with that so wholeheartedly. Ugh. Yeah, it was tough for sure. Like even if she talks like that in real life, like grow up. A little bit, right? Like, you know, make it your own. I don't, yeah. I don't think Meryl did that in The Iron Lady. I'm, yeah. All right, uh, we're pretty excited. Mikey prepared a question because uh, I thought we should have a question that I wasn't involved in given my close-ish relationship with the uh, guest. That's pretty good to establish. I'm way closer. Um, I didn't know that at the time. But okay. Keep in mind, I, I did prepare a question. Then Phil told me that SGD, sound guy Dan, <laughs> um, prepared a question. So then I nixed my question. So I don't have a question prepared. So I'm just going to throw one out there. Beautiful. Yeah. Rock and roll. <laughs> um, just give me a second. <laughs> Dead air. Um, okay. Dream dinner guest, dead 
but they're not alive when you have dinner with them. They're still dead. So I'd recommend a fresh dead body. <laughs> I was going to say, so it's just me eating dinner in the same room. <laughs> exactly. Yes. They're so I guess like, the fresher, you, the would better. Would you rather it be bones or do you want it to have flesh? And I mean, not to get too morbid, but I guess maybe someone that was embalmed. Does that? Okay. That's Does that go better? Completely doable. Completely doable. But here's the thing. You don't know who's been embalmed. Right. That's fair. If you, if you just had someone on the top of your head who's been embalmed, I'd be very impressed. Frozen. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like probably I watched a show about, oh, The Graves, about Catherine and the Graves. And there was a scene in there where, and I think this is true, some of the Russian monarchy and the czars and tsarinas were preserved or embalmed in some way that makes it interesting now. So if I have to pick something, given that I have to eat dinner in the same room as this non-live body, I will go with the very niche answer of a, call it um, Zarina Alexandra. She was the okay, here's, here's just a follow-up question. Russia. Do we know if embalming uh, gets rid of the stench? Think about the stench. It's a big assumption you made. That's why I said frozen, because you know freezing, like. Yeah. Well, who got frozen? Wasn't it? Um, Walt um, Disney. Disney well, yeah. he, and he's a big fan of a people like us. I know, right? So it's tempting. <laughs> it really is tempting. I just. Ted um, Williams? I feel like there are some people in like casks that are in like churches, maybe not embalmed, but long enough ago. Oh, or. God, this is taking such a weird turn. Like a pharaoh, right? I so feel like they do a good job of thought. preserving their bodies in a way. They'd be like ready for the afterlife, but it's been a long enough time where it's probably okay to be in the same room. They're just bones, right? Yeah. Bones don't smell after a thousand years. years. I mean, I don't know what you're basing that on, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then keeping in the theme of, you know, female rulers, I guess Cleopatra. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. A good. Maybe this is why we don't let Mike do right question. I wrote a lot of questions that are still involved. I'm the one who originally started writing the question. That's actually very, very true. Uh, for Al, episode four, check it out if you haven't. <laughs> I'll never stop pitching. Uh, cool. Well, we got like uh, eight and a half minutes left. This has been a wonderful episode and we appreciate anyone who's sticking around listening. Um, I think we're going to skip question seven because we've touched on Atlanta a lot and jump straight to my personal favorite question, really the way it's asked. So Mikey, take it away. <laughs> Alexandra. Whoa, full name. Yeah. Because you know this is a formal question. I got to go with it. <laughs> it's been stated that around 50% of our audience, I don't remember what the number was last time. It was so long ago. 50. Yeah. 50% 50 of our audience are young business executives. As someone who has graduated business school, what's some advice you'd give to a, a young business executive? So this is slightly contrary to what previous guests 
have said. Mm. Um, but I but would, I would say stay flexible and stay curious. I think a lot of people find one path or one niche or one groove that really works for them. But I think that staying curious and staying flexible opens a lot of doors. I have spent a lot of my time in consulting. So you get on a range of projects, some of which are things that you were interested in, sometimes not, but you get put in positions where you're constantly learning and those skills end up being important moving forward. And it teaches you to be adaptable. I think a lot of us will have not one, but two or three careers in our lives. So staying flexible and open and curious is yeah, something I would advise all young business executives. That's, that's a really good answer. And let me just say, Jordan, if you're listening, you've been put on notice. <laughs> oh, interesting. I took it as a direct shot uh, at Josh B, episode five um, and i in no way remember what he said so he was the, the niche guy that led to niche niche oh yeah yeah it's true and but jordan's was but jordan's was just do what you're told wasn't it like something along those lines jordan's was don't take risks which definitely <laughs> yeah. i mean it's no offense to any previous crvp guests oh it's good either My either it'll be very awkward when we meet them because they're mad at you or it'll be awkward because i'm pissed at them because they're not mad at you which means they don't listen so you can't you can't start you can't start I'm excited you can't start that answer with saying on the contrary to other people and not expect not expect some controversy to come through from that on notice I would expect serious clapback um and also I just want to say that's a great answer but still I don't think anyone has topped episode four Al stay late work hard I mean the classic uh all right um (laughs) Sounds good, Dan, with jokes in the comments. I love it. Um, all right, we got a few more questions. Uh, five minutes left. Uh, well, yeah, this is Sound Guy Dan's original question uh, before we got to his question today. Uh, if you could put a quote on a billboard for the whole world to see, what, what would it be? I'm so sorry, Sound Guy Dan. I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> I have been thinking about That's this. That's what I'm talking about. Very, 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 very long time. And I genuinely appreciate everyone that has given a much more thoughtful answer than pass. But unfortunately, I don't feel like I have anything to add. I'm so sorry. Mm. Understandable. Understandable. There's, it's completely understandable. Uh, what's your all-time favorite book? It varies from time to time, whatever sort of mood I'm in. But given the current state of lockdown, I would have to say Travels by Michael Crichton has come back as one of my favorites. I don't know if it's well known. He's the guy who wrote Jurassic Park and a couple I know of other all the Crichton classics. I mean, <laughs> Ben, what is this book you're talking about? Travels is his autobiography talking about going to Harvard Medical School and then dropping out and moving to LA to work in the film industry and then a number of incredible trips that he's taken. And so it's a good book to sort of, I guess, live vicariously through. So it's definitely topping the list these days. Um, yes, that and probably, and that just sounds uh, too cliche, but Hemingway's Immovable Feast, I think it's, it's great. It's set in Paris and he does an incredible job of describing the scene and it's a really great moment to sort of take you back to a time and a place. Which I think yeah, everyone could probably use a little bit of living vicariously through someone in a traveling sense. 
I like it. Co-host Mikey, what's your favorite uh, Crichton uh, work of literature? Uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, smart, <laughs> smart. Um, well, amazing. Uh, we're done with the main portion, Alexander. You've been terrific, uh, almost like you've listened before, which is much appreciated. And uh, a big thank you to Sound Guy Dan for the guest appearance. We might have to make that a new thing. And uh, I think it's safe to say Mikey will be writing a new question every episode from now on because <laughs> something. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. We, we talked about things we don't usually talk about, and that's a win. So. Uh, yeah, we're going to finish off with our speed round. Uh, as always, first thing that pops into your head, they shouldn't really be thinkers. Uh, and yeah, here we go. Question one, favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. That's, that's what I'm talking about. We <laughs> <laughs> were finally getting along, Mikey. Who would you want to play in your biopic? Uh, Julia Roberts. She's another Atlanta girl. I think she's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Keep in mind the common answer to this is Detroiters. Uh, what's something you think is overrated? How dare you, <laughs> considering you don't agree with what you've just stated? I'm a man of the people, man, you know? Not one person who's ever watched an episode <laughs> thinks that way. I don't challenge what my voters tell me they want me to do. And um, we do got to count those votes. <laughs> I count them. All right, something overrated, Alexandra. Craft beers. I like it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's yeah, uh, very speak. popular in the South. All right, all right. Last question. If you were Olivia Wilde. Mm. Doesn't say I that. changed it up. I uh, wish. <laughs> Just Jason Sudeikis or Harry Styles? That's so difficult. Ed friggin' Lasso. I know. GL versus HS. I'm going to have to go with Harry Styles simply because coffee has made me watch the, what was that music video that you made me watch like three times this past week? Watermelon Sugar, that song. No, song. no, it's not. Well, it was the kindness one. Uh, treat people with kindness. Did you see it? Yeah, it was Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Fleabag Lady. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. But he's trending on Twitter right now because people keep taking pictures of him without masks on. And people are very upset. Really? I've seen him wear a mask a lot. Ugh. Yeah, and then apparently they're all being taken on the same day, even though that he's wearing completely different outfits. It seems like it's a big PR stunt. I, ca I can't, I, Twitter's a wild place. There's a lot going on. And it's all true. That's the weird part. <laughs> yeah, I heard everyone's getting banned from Twitter. I, it's hard to follow what's going on these days. But well, anyway. The thing is that if you say something not true, they ban you. Therefore, it's all true. Oh, well, that's a good system. You gotta think it. about it like that. Yeah, come for the dead body discussion, stay for the internet policy. Um, Alexandra, thank you so much. Mikey, this is a solid performance. 2021 could be your year. Sound guy, <laughs> keep doing you, man. I tried thank to invite Al, but he didn't respond and I'm very bummed about it. Oh, thank, uh, no, Al, how you doing, bud? All right, we'll catch everyone later. Thank you.